You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. We are in a series, but this is the last week of a teaching series uh, that we're in called Parables. And uh, how many of you have enjoyed this series? Have you enjoyed this series, Parables, Learning About Jesus? Yeah. I, I love these stories. Every week I, I've, I've told you what a parable is because maybe you're here and you're like, what in the world does a parable mean? Well, a parable is just a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. And what we've talked about the last several weeks is that this is the way that Jesus would teach. This is the way that Jesus would preach. He often gave us stories so that we can understand them, so that we can know what the kingdom of God is like. And so that's what a parable is. And uh, Jesus was famous for using these. He loved to speak to big crowds uh, using stories. And today, we're going to look at one more parable. Uh, this is one of my favorite parables. Uh, it's, it's, today, it's called the parable of the sower. And so if you've got your note-taking sheet... You can grab those. Um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1, if you've got your Bibles. Mark 4 verse 1, the background on this story is there is this huge crowd that gathers to hear Jesus teach. And I want you to see what happens. Jesus, the, the crowd is so big that scripture says that Jesus literally is going to get into a boat and teach. And so this is a very interesting way of teaching. It says this, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and he sat in on, and he, and he sat in, he sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore's edge. This is not what my message is about, but how many of you want some bonus points here? You want some bonus content? I'll give you some bonus content today. I think it's very interesting. I love, I, I just, I love Jesus, and I love to see what Jesus does. I think it's very interesting that Jesus used a boat as his pulpit. So Jesus isn't teaching in the synagogue. Jesus isn't teaching in the temple. He's not in the church house. He's not in the natural place that you would think. He's teaching from a boat. And I think it's interesting because Jesus probably knew that while he was in that boat, not only did it probably provide some pretty good natural acoustics, but I'm sure it was a beautiful backdrop. Can you imagine the backdrop that Jesus is preaching in? I mean, this beautiful backdrop. And what Jesus is doing here is a brand new thing. In fact, I think that if, if, the, if the Pharisees are around, they're probably kind of, they're probably whispering to each other and the critics are around, they're probably saying, well, Jesus, you can't do that. That teaching belongs in the church or teaching belongs in the synagogue or, or it belongs in, in, in some appropriate place. I bet there were people out there who may have been complaining about the mosquitoes, you know? Like they could have been, like, why, why would he teach here? Someone might drown. My kids might run off in the lake, right? Like, but Jesus, I love Jesus because Jesus knew that teaching from a boat was good enough, everybody. Like it suited his purposes. And I tell you all that, this is all bonus content. Because when I think about Jesus, I love to think about how Jesus so often was this rule-breaking type of guy. Like he did something that was totally against culture. And in fact, I, I, I tell you this this morning specifically because what we're doing next week at Easter is similar to this. 
like no one else is doing this, everybody. <laughs> like, like, and yeah, there might be some mosquitoes and, it, you know, all this different thing. But I'm telling you, it's different, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus was all about breaking the rules and, and making things a little bit different. And I just love to see that Jesus didn't just have to go to the church house to teach. He went somewhere else. He could go anywhere and he could still bring God's word, all right? That's your bonus content for the day, all right? Here, let, let's, let's jump into the passage. So Jesus is here on this boat. Look at what he says. He says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell along the thorns, which grew up, and the thorns choked out the plants, so they did not bear any grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times full. And then, take a look at this. After this parable... The disciples, Jesus gives us this parable, and the disciples still didn't quite understand it. And so the disciples got with Jesus, and they just wanted to make sure. They kind of wanted to double check, like they got it right. You know, like they wanted to make sure, they wanted to check their test. And so later in Mark chapter 4, we see the disciples kind of checking, making sure that they understand what Jesus is saying here. In fact, uh, we're going to read this in Mark chapter 4, verse 13. But if I would title today's message, I'd title it this. I'd title it Exponential. Everybody say Exponential. Because in this next passage of Scripture, I believe that if we get this, if we understand this story, I think you're going to see, I think you can see some exponential growth in your life in several different areas. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Then Jesus said to his disciples, so they come, they come by the disciples, hey, what does this mean? Jesus says, hey, don't you understand this parable? If you don't understand this, look at what he says. How then will you understand any parable? How many of you know if Jesus says that, then this one is very important. Like this is, a, this is an important parable. And he says, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where, where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes along the path and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places. They hear the word and once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. So when troubles or persecution comes their way, comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others are like seed among the thorns. They hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in, and they choke out the word, making it unfruitful. And others, here's where I want you to be, church, everybody. Here's where I want you to be. Others are like seed sown on good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times that which was sown. I'd, I'd love to give you today three lessons, three separate lessons I believe that we can learn from this story, all right? If you got your note-taking sheet, here's the first fill in the blank. I want to talk to you first about the sower. Let's talk about the sower. 
Because for many of us, the sower is not necessarily something in our vocabulary today. Jesus was trying to teach these guys something very simple, something that they would understand. And so he gave them this illustration of the sower. And so if Jesus has an illustration, do you think it's okay if I bring an illustration today? It's kind of a crazy illustration. You okay with a crazy illustration? All right, front row, you got to watch out. So I got something that's kind of like a sower, everybody. Anybody <laughs> ever have one of these seed broadcasters? Yeah, this is about the time of the year you ought to be using it for your grass, right? I, I live in one of those neighborhoods. They keep up with the grass. Mine's about this tall right now. So I, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, <laughs> you get one of these out. When Jesus was talking about the sower, I think it's interesting that Jesus' way of sowing seed, he didn't necessarily have a... Uh, a plan for it. So dad's a farmer, right? Dad has a plan for where every single little seed goes. In fact, that, that te the technology and the machine makes sure that, it, that every seed is planted I, like uh, so many inches or centimeters or whatever apart. Like it is very, very specific how it, how it plants it. Jesus' way of planting is so much different because we see Jesus, he plants it just about everywhere it can go. It goes on the rocky soil. It goes on the hard soil. It goes a little bit everywhere. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> I know we, we got some people that are, <laughs> I got, I got our, our janitors in here that make me, they're, they're like nervous right now. You know, they're like, how are we going to get to the next service? There might be some seed on the seats. We'll, we'll explain it to the second service. But here's what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't care about where it goes. He just starts broadcasting it a little bit everywhere, don't he? Like, he's just like, we'll get it over here and we'll get it over, like, he don't care. Like, he, he's spreading it everywhere. And just like this seed, it's just bird seed, everybody, so don't eat it. Uh, <laughs> well, there's some nuts in there maybe you can snack on. But uh, I, I tell you, Jesus goes everywhere. He's not picky. Just like this thing, it's not picky about where it goes. It goes just about everywhere. This is Jesus' model. He's not picking one seed and saying, I want to put it right here. And he's not picking another seed and saying, I'm going to put it right here. No, he's like, everybody can have a little bit of this, right? Yeah, you're all like, put this thing away. You're making me nervous. <laughs> it goes everywhere. That's his model. That's how he sows. He's not picky where it goes. It goes everywhere. And so you need to understand that when we talk about the sower, first of all, we're talking about Jesus. And we're talking about wherever he goes, that our God is not partial to anyone. Like he doesn't, he, he's, he's sowing everywhere. The farmer, he goes and he sows the seed everywhere that he can go. And I just want you to think about that for just a minute because that's so much different than what an efficient farmer would go and do. He, he, an efficient farmer is not planting it in the weeds. He's not planting it in, in, the, in, in, the, in the hard, compact soil. No, he's not going to plant it in where the, places are, where the places are small of chance of, for that thing to grow. That's, that's not what Jesus does. Instead, Jesus says it doesn't matter where you are. I love what Tyler talked about today. That it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter how, 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 how bad you feel or, or how far that you think that you've gone. Wherever you are, the seed is available to you today. He spreads it everywhere. And Jesus is just making sure that you're going to hear the gospel, that you're going to hear his word. But you know the problem with so many of us is that if, 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 if we're called to be like Jesus, then that means that we're called to spread the gospel a little bit everywhere, right? But the problem with so many of us 
is we get our handful of seed and we're very picky about where we go with Jesus. We're very picky about where we go with the gospel. And some of us, we, we go and we're like, okay, I'm at church so I can plant a little seed right here. But man, when I go to work, they're just not into it, right? Like they don't need to hear, like it's so-and-so's having a bad day, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang on to this, right? Or like they're, they're, they're just, it, Jesus is just not their thing, right? And so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang on to it. But can I tell you, like if we're supposed to model after Jesus, the gospel is for everyone, everybody. Like it, it, it's for everyone. It, it, Jesus doesn't say, oh, well, they're ready for it now or not. No, they're not, well, they're having a bad day. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus goes to the rocky, he goes to the bad, he goes to the good, he goes all over and he makes sure that everyone has an opportunity, that everyone has this fair opportunity. And church, I'm telling you, I, I, I preach this so passionately to you because I just think that some of us, we've lost this. We've lost our passion to reach the lost. We've lost our passion to reach those who are far from Christ. And I'm telling you, if our church is just going to be full of members, if we're just, if we're just all about membership and, and just who comes in here on a Sunday morning, I tell you, the church is nothing more than just a country club where we come in and we pay our dues. We pay our tithes. We make sure that we're still in the membership, right? And then we leave. I'm telling you, I want to pastor a church that is so much more than a country club. And that's why we've bought 10,000 eggs, everybody. That's why we're going to show people the love of Jesus on Saturday. That before we even celebrate together as a church, we're going to give. We're going to reach those who are far from God, who just need to see a smiling face on someone. I'm telling you, there's going to be people at this event on Saturday that they just need to see your smiling face. And it's going to make their day. And they're going to look at you and say, what is wrong with you, basically? Like, How do I get what you've got? I'm telling you. I want, I, that, that's the church I want to pastor. Not just a church where people come and leave. We're not a country club. We're going to go out anywhere and everywhere we can because everyone, if we take the model of Jesus, everyone deserves to hear the gospel. I'm just going to amen myself if you won't do it, everybody. You know what? And so we talk about the sower. Let's, let, let, let's talk about the seed. Everybody say the seed. So what's the seed? I've already kind of gave it away to you. The seed is the gospel. You know, what, what, what's Jesus talking about? Jesus is talking about the good news. Gospel translated as just literally good news. And I want you to notice that the seeds, they start as something really small, and they land in all different places. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the bad news for, for us is that as, as we're born into this world and as we're born into this humanity, humanity is broken and sinful. And I, can I tell you, every single one of us are broke in some way or another. And I tell you that because some of us, we think that we can dress up real nice and we can tuck our shirts in and, you know, we can look the part and we can make it look like we're all polished up. But I'm telling you, every single one of us, we got junk going on. Like, just because we're looking nice doesn't mean that, that we don't have things going on in our life. I'm telling you, we all deserve, because of our sin, we all deserve death. Listen, every single one of us, we, we deserve eternal separation from God. That's the bad news. But the good news is the fact that Jesus came. That what we're celebrating this, this week is the fact that Jesus came and he lived this perfect life. 
He died a death that you and I deserve. And not only did he die, but next Sunday we're going to celebrate that he rose again and he offers us this eternal life. And Jesus takes that package and he throws it everywhere. And, and, and no matter where you're at, he throws it everywhere. And those seeds, they start small. But then how many of you know if they, if they land in the right place, they start to grow up and it takes, some, it, it takes some time. You ever plant anything at home? You ever, you know, I, I, I always get aggravated because I want like at my house, like I want these big, beautiful trees. But you know how long it takes to get a big, beautiful tree? Like that tree looks stupid for about probably half of my life. And then it's going to finally produce, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like it's a little twig in the ground for like 20 years. And then it's finally going to make something, you know, like I, I love these big, beautiful trees, but I can't ever have any because I'm, I'm not that patient because I, it takes some time. A seed that starts small, it takes some time to grow. It doesn't happen overnight. And can I just tell you on a spiritual level, some of us, we've received the seed of the gospel. We've got the seed. Jesus has given us the seed. But some of us, we're getting very discouraged because our seed doesn't look too much different, right? Like it still kind of looks like a seed. It hasn't grown up a lot. But can I tell you, it takes some time. You've got to develop. I, this is what I'm talking about. You've got to develop your relationship with God. You can't just receive the seed on Sunday and expect an entire tree to grow overnight. That's not how this thing works. You have to nurture it. You have to put in some effort towards it, right? Like, like you've, you've got to do some things to make this work. And many of us, we let the seed go just because we haven't seen any fruit from it right away. We don't want to nurture it. And then we wonder, well, why isn't God there for me? Well, why didn't God do this for me? Well, well, God ain't doing anything in my life. You know why? It's because so many of us, we've received the seed of the gospel, but we're not doing anything about it. But I tell you, one day, if you nurture it, it'll start to bear even fruit on its own, everybody. And that's what we want, that's what we want for you. That's what I want as your pastor, is I want you to be able to take the seed that Jesus gives you, that seed of the gospel. And I want you to begin to nurture it. Because one day, not only will you grow up to be in the word and in the gospel, but you'll be able to produce fruit of your own. I think that's the goal. And so that's, that's the seed. Now let's talk about the soil. There's three things in this, in this thing. We're talking seed, and here's the final one, the soil. The soil, I want you to make note, put this in your notes. This is the only thing that you have control over. So the seed, like the, the, the seed is out there. Right, right, and, 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 and all this stuff. But the soil is this, the only thing that you truly have control over. Jesus is the sower. He doesn't care where he sows the seed, obviously. He doesn't care what your background is or how much money you have or what job you, you – he doesn't care about any of it. He gives you the seed, and it's not just about the seed because the seed's there. The seed has potential, but what is your soil like? It's all about the soil. And you've got to, we, 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 that's what I'm going to spend the rest of our time talking about. i got about 10 or 15 minutes left with you today. We're going to talk about the soil. There's four different soils that Jesus talks about. Let's talk about them real quick. If you're taking notes, we're going to talk about the hard soil first. The hard soil. I want you to think about a path with me. 
Think about like a footpath, like something that's been kind of, I, 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 you, you probably see this where uh, maybe like a sidewalk, I see it often when a sidewalk comes to a corner and people cut around the sidewalk, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like the sidewalk should have curved, right? Like people aren't going to walk all the way to the corner and around. And so, they, so, so you see that where the, where the soil is hard. Um, in fact, grew up down in Jacob. And uh, half the roads down there are still dirt roads. And so all the little, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all the little farm roads, all the little back road farm roads, they all are basically two tire tracks, right? And so they're, they're two tracks of just hard, solid dirt that the, that the tractors have drove over. And it's made this path. In fact, I think I have a picture for you today. Look at something. Well, that, that's kind of interesting there. That's not exactly what I was talking about. We'll talk to Elizabeth to get this changed for the second service. Uh, but I talk about a hard path. And so just picture with me a, a hard path, something that's never been tilled up. And honestly, something like that that's never been tilled up, there's no crop that can come out of it. Something that would get ran over all the time. This is a path. This is where when the seed lands on this path, the ground never receives, even receives the seed. The seed's just going to sit there, kind of like the seed on the stage this morning. That seed's not going to do anything. It's just going to sit there. And Jesus says that this is how people, how some people are towards the word of God. That there are literally people out there who are hardened to the word of God. And can I tell you, for many of us, it's for many different reasons. Most of us, the reason we're hard to the word of God is because of our past experiences. Maybe we've had bad experiences in church before, or maybe we've had a spiritual leader hurt us, or we've just had, maybe it was our parents, maybe it was someone who you thought was a great Christian person and they really let you down. And because of that, our soil, the soil of our heart has become hardened to the word of God. It's become hardened to the good news. And so what happens is that, that, that seed sets on that hard soil and Satan comes along like a big black bird, everybody. Like he comes along like a bird and he picks that, so he picks that seed up and he robs the word of God to you. And can I tell you, I know this because I guarantee that very thing is happening in this room right now. Can I tell you, Satan would love nothing more than right now to make your heart hard to the word of God. And can I tell you how he's doing it? He's getting you to look on your phone. He's getting you to think about what you're having for lunch right now. And I'm, you know, sometimes I think about that too. And he's trying to, he's trying to make the soil of the word of God hard. He's trying to get you to think about what you got to do today, what your work week's going to look like. Like I said, where, where, where are we going to eat? That's a popular one, you know, that's where I'm. And so he's trying to harden your heart so that you can't receive the word of God. The devil will do anything he can to keep you from hearing God's word. And you say, well, why? Can I tell you, I think, I think he loves this way because it's the easiest for him. I mean, just think about this. I think this is Satan's preferred method because he gets the chance to rob that seed before it ever does anything, before it ever is even planted. It's the easiest way to rob it. 
And can I tell you, Satan does not want you to hear that God made a way for you. He doesn't want you to hear that God's forgiven you of your sins. God, he doesn't want you to hear today that God has a plan and a purpose and a new identity for you. He doesn't want you to hear that. And so he tries to make the soil of your heart hard so that that seed never even gets planted. And many of us, we know people like that. Some of us, we've been there before. But that's not the only one. Not only are we talking about the hard soil, but Jesus also tells us about the rocky soil. And honestly, this rocky soil is the one that's kind of scary sometimes. Because this rocky soil, this is the person who maybe goes to church every week. This is the person who listens to the message. This is the person who takes notes. They might even sing. They might even get excited and lift their hands. They might clap. And Jesus says, literally, he said that this is the person that receives the seed with joy. But when hard times come, they don't have any root. And all of a sudden, the seed is gone. And, 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 and this, what I'm talking about here is this is, this is for those of you... And we all struggle with this, and so I, I just, just, just to say that, because we've all had our, had our days. But this is the people who come to church, and they hear and receive it, but then immediately when they get in the car, they're a totally different person. And it's just back to the old. I mean, some of you, you came to church, and you got excited, and you clapped, you sang along, and you lifted your hands. But as soon as you got in the car, you picked up that very argument that you were arguing about on the way to church. And you're arguing, maybe you're yelling at your kids in the back seat, like, like right after church, like, like <laughs> you're immediately you're just back to the old way of doing things. And that thing that you just received with joy, you didn't hold on to it because the hard times in your life were just too much. They were just too much for you to handle. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, how does forgiveness of sins help me with my relationships? You know, how, does, how is Jesus going to help me with my job or with my boss? But can I tell you, he can. And he has the power to when you follow his word. And I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus is trying. I think, I think when Jesus gives us this idea of the rocky soil, he's trying to be up front with us. Because some of us, the minute we get home from church, nothing happens and there's no roots that ever take place. The minute, so for some of us, it's not just when we get home. For some of us, it's the minute we get around those people, right? Where we, the, minute, the minute we get around that, that friend group, we're no different than them. We just become just like them. And this is the person who is not directly, uh, who is not just directly attacked by Satan. More, they're, 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 they're attacked by the trials and persecutions of this life. This is the person who maybe their root is, is, is not in who they are in Christ. Instead, they're more of a Christian because their mom was a Christian or their dad was a Christian or because they, 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 they like this certain pastor or they like the enthusiastic surroundings. And can I tell you, that's not a reason, that's not a reason to follow Christ. In fact, look at, what, uh, look at this quote that I found this week. It simply says this. It says, the, re the religion that is born out of mere excitement will die when the excitement is over. And how many of you know some church people like that? Like, like, like they've come to church and they got excited about it. But as soon as the excitement was over, like, 
as soon as the building campaign was over or as soon as they weren't in charge of the kids' ministry anymore or something like that, right? Like as soon as the excitement was over, they're gone. And anything that had to do with the word of God, it leaves them. And can I tell you, church, like I'm passionate about our church being exciting I think that's an important part. I think that we should come with joy in the house of the Lord, everybody. Like, I think it ought to be exciting. But can I tell you, and I'll just be straight up front with you. One day, you're going to come to church, and it's not like we're not going to sing the song you wanted to sing. Or like you're not going to be as excited as you once were. One day, it might not be as exciting. And can I tell you, as soon as that day comes, for most people, they walk out the doors and they never come back. Is it because it's a bad church? No. It's because their life, their Christian walk is built on rocky soil. It's because there's no roots. That as soon as the pastor preaches about something that they they just don't like, all of a sudden they're gone. I'm telling you, it's because they don't have any roots. And Jesus says... That you need to have some roots. You need to have something to survive for when it's not exciting. Can I tell you, there's some days when I follow God that not every day is exciting to follow God. Not every day is it exciting to honor the Lord. And not every day is it exciting to open his word, everybody. Like, I I would love to even tell you that as your, your pastor, that every day I'm just very excited to get up. And every day it's not exciting. It's not exciting every day, but when it's not exciting, man, that shows. Are you on the rocky soil? Are you going to keep going, everybody? Are you Because we're going to see this good soil in just a minute. Y'all got it? Got it. Here we go. The thorny soil. Let's talk about this for a minute. Jesus talks about the thorny soil. This is someone who receives the word. This is a person, I think, that the classic... If I could tell you just about the identity of a person with thorny soil, I think this is a person who maybe grew up in church. They grew up as a Christian. They made it through maybe some trials and persecutions. They made it through some hard times. But can I tell you, this is, this is a very interesting one because I, I, I really do believe this, that if Satan, if the enemy can't get you with hard times, I think oftentimes he'll try to get you with good times. I think the greatest tool of the enemy, one of the greatest tools of the enemy, is that he will tempt us with this riches and glory type of thing. And not more than just the desire for money, but this desire for fame and to to be this, this awesome person. And I think he wants to do this to try to distract you from God's purpose in your life. And can I just tell you, like, when blessings come your way, Make sure that they're from the Lord. Like, make sure that it's not just the enemy trying to distract you. And you say, well, well, Pastor Noah, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about maybe for, for some of us, it's, it's the pay raise at work or the opportunity to work all these extra hours. And yeah, it might be good to make all this money. But when you sacrifice time with your spouse, some of us time with our kids, time at church, Time in God's word, is it worth it? I just, I just want to ask, is it worth it? I, 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 just, I just don't think it's worth it. And I think, and even more than that, uh, I, I think you kind of see this, man, when, <laughs> you ready for a funny illustration? I gave you a very serious one. I'll give you a very funny one here now. Uh, I think you see this in high school. 
So when you're in high school, every guy, you want to find a hot girl, right? You all want to find a, you all want to find a smoking hot girl, right? That's what, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> but I'll tell you, what we think, that might be what we think is a blessing, but some of y'all found out that that was actually a curse. And, uh, <laughs> and like in that, I'm just saying that, that some things that might look like a blessing, watch out. Because some of you, you're giving up things, you're giving up the things of God for something that is just worldly and some of the things that you just love. In fact, I, I, I just say it like this, that the enemy is trying to choke you out. So it's not that you don't have roots this time. It's the fact that the world is trying to mesh in with you. It's trying to choke you out. And I'm just convinced that if Satan can't just pluck you up right away, he'll try to get you with bad times. Or he, if he can't get you with bad times, he wants to try to get you with good. And eventually, he's going to try to get you to give up some great things that you have with God for just a few good worldly things and so I don't know what it is for you I don't know if it's it's a promotion I don't know if it's a new car I don't know what it is for you but he wants you to he wants you to give up the great thing that you have with God for just a few good things on this earth I'm just telling you watch out watch out if you're going after just good things on this earth and you're giving up great things I'm telling you don't give up on the things of God don't give up on the things of God he has so much more for you and I talk to you about this because, honestly, I think we see this in our world, especially, I think, even now we see this with, with uh, a lot of even Christian leaders in our world, where these, where, where, where these, these big Christian leaders have, have given up great things for something that's just good in the moment. And I'm telling you, watch out. Don't let the enemy choke you out of something, something great for something good. Don't let the enemy tempt you. Don't go for something good when God has something great for your life. All right, let's talk about, this is where I want you to be, in the good soil. The good soil. We'll end with this. The good soil represents exponential growth. In fact, Jesus says that if you have this type of soil, there's an exponential amount of things that he can begin to do with you. In fact, look at what Mark chapter 4 Verse 20, it says this, it said, Others, like seed sown on good soil, they hear the word of God, they accept it, and look at what happens. They produce a crop. Some of them 30, some of them 60, and some of them 100 times that which was sown. You know, one seed, a single seed, can produce hundreds of, of times it's it's worth hundreds of influence hundreds of impact way way farther than you could ever imagine i mean some of you you walked into this room today and you're just like i wish god would just multiply my stuff by two you know like if if i could just get a multiplier if i he could just double it my if he could just double the things that he's doing in my life that would be great but I'm telling you, he can do so much more than that. I love that he doesn't even just, he doesn't start with times two. He starts with times 30. Like what if God could do times 30 in my life? Time, uh, times 30, some 60, some 100 times that which was sown. And so, you know, as your pastor, when I read this verse, I get very excited about it. 
And so I, I just, I began to dream about what if God could do a hundred times of that, which was even just in this room. Like imagine what God could do if he did a hundred times that which was in this room. What if, what if everyone in here said, I'm going to have the good soil, not the, not the one with rocks, not the one with weeds. No, instead, I'm going to have this good soil. Can I tell you, if he did that, I promise you that if that happened a hundred times that which would happen, it would change this region. It would change this area. I'm telling you, they would talk about the shift that happened forever. What if God wanted to do something big in you? What if he wanted to do a hundred times what was happening? And can I just tell you, church, like I, I just, I believe that that's right where we are as a church. I think that's right where we are. I think God is about to do something amazing. I think he's about to do something a hundred times more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. And I think you're going to see that this week. I think people are going to see I think they're going to see the irrational generosity of what we're doing on Saturday. And, then, and I think they're going to see it on Easter Sunday. And I'm just believing. I think hundreds of people this weekend, this next weekend, are going to grow closer to Christ. And so, church, I can't do it by myself, all right? Like, we can't just, I, I can't just be the one that has good soil. But what I want to do is I just want to equip you with the good soil. And so what I want to ask you to do as we just close... I just want to ask you, would you evaluate your soil? Would you just evaluate what's happening in your heart? Because can I just tell you, great things aren't just going to happen because of an awesome production. And like, I like the lights and I like the sound and the music. And I think that's all fantastic stuff. But great things don't just happen because of a good production. It happens through the seed of God's word. And where are you? Where are you? And would you just, can I just ask you, church, even just this week, would you evaluate your soil? And would you find a place in your life where you would allow the sower, where you would just allow Jesus to begin to put the word in your heart. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, what are you talking about? I'm saying, well, well, maybe tomorrow morning, maybe, maybe it's time to get up and like dump some seed all over yourself. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, just like dump some seed all over. Like before you get on Facebook, before you get on TikTok or Instagram or whatever you do in the morning, before you watch the news, like, what if, what if you took this seed? What if you took, just took some of this seed and said, God just, God, just use me today. Like, put this all over me. Like, like, like show me what you want me to see in your word. Because I'm, I'm just convinced that the way that you grow is with the word of God. And what would happen if you got into a space where God began to pour his word into you? I'm telling you, it would change. It would change things in your life. And so church, would you just, right there in your seat, would you just think, where am I at? Just, and would you just ask God honestly, God, where am I? Where am I at? Would you just evaluate your soil this week?
Would you close your eyes, bow your heads? In fact, I just think it's good practice that wherever you're at, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, I mean, would you just, would you just say those words maybe to yourself, maybe just in your head? Would you just say, God, God, where am I? Where am I? We know, we know where you want us to be, but Lord, Lord, is, is, is the soil, what, what does the soil of my heart look like? Is my soil hard? Is it hard because I'm just so busy? Is it hard because I'm constantly thinking about other things? Is it hard because I'm always working? Is it hard because I'm always I'm so attentive to my phone? Is it, am I so busy that I never give you a chance, Lord? Is my soil hard? Maybe you just need to ask God, God, is my, am I shallow? God, do I just come to church and get excited? But nothing different happens when I go home. And I don't live in the word. And maybe you just need to ask God, is it, is it when I'm around these certain friends? Is it when I'm around these people? Is it when I get angry? Is it when there's a bunch of drama going on? Is that when it's gone? God, am I shallow? Or maybe you need to ask God today, God, am I among the thorns? Am I, am I here today, but, but, but I'm, am I here, but I'm not here? You know, is the enemy trying to, to take me out of what your purpose has for me? Is the enemy trying to tempt me with something? Is the enemy trying to tempt me with riches or with a pay raise or with Sometimes, maybe you just need to ask God, God, is the enemy tempting me with just keeping me busy, you know? How's the enemy tempting you? Just ask him. And I just believe that God can speak right to you right now. I believe that God can just show you right now in your heart where you are. And I believe that he's speaking today. And so I just wanna pray over you Wherever you find yourself, wherever you might say that you, you, where you're at, maybe your soil's hard, you just haven't received the word of God, maybe it's shallow, maybe it's among the thorns. I just wanna lift you in prayer right now. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you came to this earth and through parables like this one, Lord, that that you showed, you have shown us how to live and you've shown us the true path of righteousness. And so Father today, Lord, I just pray for every person in this room who identifies with any one of these soils. Father, I ask that you would just begin to do a work in their heart. Father, I pray for those who haven't received the word where their soil is hard. Father, would you just begin to burst their heart open, Lord? Would you just begin to just open up the ground so that they can receive your word? And Lord, don't make them so busy. Lord, help them to take a step back. Help them to think on good thoughts, Lord. And help them not to just pass over the seed of your word, but help them to accept it. Father, today I pray for every person who identifies in the shallow soil. Lord, the person who just comes and gets excited, but as soon as they go home, it's hard to live out the word. Father, I pray that you would, you would just cultivate the word in their heart. 
that you would help them dig deep so that when the storms of this life come, Lord, that you would be able to help them stand through it, that when the trials and persecutions come, when the enemy comes, that they would be able to stand and make it through. And Lord, today, I finally, I just pray for the person who identifies among the thorns. Father, I pray that you would do a work in their life, that, Lord, you wouldn't let the enemy distract them, that you wouldn't let the enemy choke them out. Lord, don't let the enemy choke them out with good things. Lord, because we know you have great things for our life. And so, Lord, help us to recognize when the blessings from you, help us to embrace when the blessings from you and not from the enemy. Lord, I pray that the enemy wouldn't distract any of us. Father, I pray that every person in this room would be a person of good soil, a person who honors your word. And Lord, we believe that as a church, that as we prepare our hearts, that as we make ourselves good soil, Lord, that you are going to do a hundred times fold as it says in your word. Lord, we have faith that you're going to do that today in Jesus' name, that you're going to multiply this seed that was sown today in this service. Lord, we believe it, we receive it, we accept it, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room, and real quick, if, you, if, if maybe you've had the hard soil and you've never accepted the word of God into your heart, we're going to pray a prayer really quick and invite Jesus into your heart. If that's you, pray this prayer, mean it. This Jesus that we've talked about will come and live inside of you. And I'm telling you, you're starting a bigger process. You're starting a process where Jesus is going to change everything about you. He's going to give you a new identity. And I promise you, I promise you, things are going to change in your life. He's going to do something good in you. Pray this prayer with me. Church, because we believe it, let's all pray this together. Say this. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place on that cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this to me and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Would you get up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?